listening to Resurrection Life Podcasts with your host, Father Steve Matson and Richard Budd, the podcast of the Church of the Resurrection in Lansing, Michigan. In today's episode, we talk about Advent halfway through. We hear a reflection on anger, and we hear a song by Philomena Castriciano, Say Goodnight. Welcome to Resurrection Life Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Resurrection Life Podcast. Uh, this is your host, Richard Budd, and with me, as always. As always, as Father always. Steve. We probably wouldn't have a podcast if, if you weren't here, Father. Well, we could. I, I think we should try that. Maybe just, the next time. Just have me with somebody that, else say, or by myself. Uh, this is Richard Budd and not, <laughs> as usual, <laughs> Father Steve. So we're, uh, we're in full swing now in Advent. Yeah, yeah. We just had... Uh, we had Pink Sunday this past week. That's right. Yep. Uh, or Rose. Yeah. Is that? Is no, that, I mean, it's not a big deal. Okay. You know, it, you I know. know. I always do get a little bit of a chuckle that a lot of um, pastors make such a, an emphasis that it's a rose instead of pink, as if rose is a more masculine <laughs> color. Right. So the, the, the vestment that I wear is kind of like salmon. It's an interesting... Yeah. Uh, Rose, yeah, color. it's a deeper color yeah, than yeah. just. I, mean, I, I like it. I mean, I like it fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, but the it's it's especially interesting that so many girls they made love. Pink oh yeah. They, oh, oh yes, there he is. Oh He's yeah, my uh, my wife and girls make a big deal about wearing their pink on on Gaudete Sunday to well, church. It, it, it is. Uh, it's interesting as a celebrant that. Uh, there are people who are attentive to the liturgical colors, and oh, yeah. not so much green, but but when it's uh, violet or purple and and red on Pentecost, oh, yeah. or um, yeah, I definitely notice people showing up with red on Pentecost. Yeah. So yeah. it's a, it's it's good to see that people are Absolutely. attentive to what's going on. Absolutely. Um, so when Advent started, you gave a homily about the season of Advent as a penitential season. That's right, and I think that actually took. A few people by surprise. Yeah, we, and and I'm surprised by that, given yeah, the fact. I was that, surprised that when I heard I, about it. I typically talk about taking taking um, taking up a discipline and giving up uh, something uh, in both Advent and Lent. Lent is a deeper, longer, obviously, and uh, harder penitential season because we don't even sing the Alleluia, mm-hmm. whereas we do, of course, during the season of Advent, and so uh, that preparation. Penance in anticipation of fasting, and and by the way, last weekend, uh, uh, the, the the first weekend of Advent, rather, uh, we gave away that book, Eat Fast Feast, which really I think is a great meditation. So if you haven't gotten a copy of that, they may still be available, mm-hmm. and I'd encourage you to read through it. Yeah. That we fast, that's what we're doing during uh, this penitential season, and we'll feast uh, during. Uh, the octave of Christmas. Yeah, it sparked a, a memory, or maybe not a memory is the right word, but just a, a, rec- a, a recalling that uh, for a lot of our Eastern brothers and sisters, they start the Christmas fast on the Feast of St. Philip, I think. No, I think it's uh, Exaltation of the Cross, isn't it? Way back in September? Well, so the, the monks do that. Now, maybe the Eastern, I don't know. I don't know. We so should I talk think to that they, Alexei. Yeah, I think they call it the Philip's Fast. Okay. Um, but there's a reason why they call Lent Great Lent, because they have smaller, quote unquote, Lents throughout the year, mm-hmm. where they do a period of fasting and preparation for a great feast. And the time before Christmas is one of those. Right. Um, as I was 
kind of uh, reflecting on with with the um, RCIA class, um, it's similar to Lent and the fact that we're doing penance, but it's different. The the focus, I think, is is different. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like in Lent we're focused on the power of sin in our life, our our guilt uh, of sin, and our need for a savior. Advent seems more about we need to remove out of our lives those things that we're attached to so that when the Savior arrives, we're ready to receive him, that our heart isn't we're, too we are cluttered. Preparing, we are preparing our heart to yeah. receive him, absolutely. I so I think right. the analogy of, of you know, a couple or young, you know, a mother preparing the home when the baby's on the way, you know, you take that, that extra room in the house that just kind of becomes a storage uh, room and you clear it out and you put the crib in and maybe you repaint it or, or whatnot because yeah. you're preparing for the baby. You've got to make a space for the baby. And so we're in one sense, we're, we're creating a space that maybe we've got things in our lives that we're too addicted to or too attached to. And so we got to clear that out so that the space is ready for the Lord. And I, I think the, the culture doesn't help us uh, very much just there because uh, December, frankly, is a time of nonstop feasting. Uh, yeah, Christmas typically. started two months ago. No, it, 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 it's, it's bad. I mean, obviously we, we celebrated Thanksgiving, plenty of food, plenty of leftovers. Uh, and uh, But uh, now uh, all of the parties, the Christmas parties are not in Christmas season, but they're mm-hmm. in Advent and and. We're not going to change that, mm-hmm. uh, but I do think to the extent that we as families can try to to, to fast and to hold uh, things back to really be able to celebrate during the uh, the feast and allow our hearts to be uh, quiet, mm-hmm. uh, the stillness of the night in anticipating yeah. uh, his, his coming. Yeah, and it's not like getting ready for Christmas is somehow wrong. I mean, that's what Advent's about. So, mm-hmm. you know, baking Christmas cookies or decorating the house, but maybe maybe delaying that till the second half of Advent. I mean, I know we're kind of already entering into the second half here, but... So you can start now. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but just uh, being able to allow Advent to work on your heart rather than jumping right into Christmas. Because frankly, by the time Christmas comes, you're sick of it and you're ready to move on. Well, I I do think that that I understand why the stores, you know, they play the Christmas music starting maybe even before, but definitely the day after Thanksgiving. Get you thinking about your shopping list. So, So since we are past the halfway point, Gaudete Sunday, really for for this year really is the halfway point the third That's week right, of, yeah. of advent um we wanted to talk a little bit about you know maybe we're two weeks in and we haven't really focused a whole lot on preparing our hearts it's not too late That's right. and that's really kind of the point or one of the points of having that third week to with a different color it kind of just that's right. Wait, he's he's drawing near. He's drawing yeah. near. Sometimes it's only eight days, yeah. but this time it's going to be 14 mm-hmm. days from the, the Gaudete Sunday. So, uh, you know, and, I, and I do think I was very much encouraged by uh, a list that um, Brian Fink uh, called from his middle school students. Oh, yeah. And uh, before Mass, uh, during the week, the first week of, of Advent, uh, one of the servers said that his parents decided that there would be no screens mm-hmm. in their house for Advent. And I said, 
your father loves you. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it, yeah, right? Yeah, but, for sure. but, but this idea that I do think that what I want more for us is the real to real, the person to person, face to face, heart to heart. And we can connect virtually and people who call their family and friends across the ocean. That's a great gift. But I think for us to spend time, maybe playing cards, games, that I referenced that first Sunday of Advent, and, and to take these last two weeks. Now, some people might, the evil one tries to say, oh, forget it. Worry about that in Lent. And this is his strategy, right? No, throw in the towel, forget it, you wasted. No, you didn't. We still have almost, we have a week and a half anyway mm-hmm. uh, until Christmas. Finish well. I mean, this is, I think, uh, a gift that we can give ourselves. And uh, so let's pray for each other that we will, you know, take seriously this time of preparation. And so the church, church gives us a couple of tools or opportunities, maybe is a better word, uh, to, to refocus this week starting tomorrow. Uh, and then Wednesday. Wednesday the, and then Friday and Saturday uh, are the, the ember days, the winter ember days. So four times a year. Um, Will Bloomfield is much better at this than I am. There's a, a jingle to remember when they yeah, occur. That's right. And, I, and I'm, frankly, <clears throat> I'm just learning these things myself. It's in the, the book that we uh, we gave away, Eat Fast Feast. But I, there there is a, a memory device yeah, that one can of, help you. So one of them is the Feast of St. Lucy. Then it's... Penti. The, Pent, Pentecost. Pentecost. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, uh, I think, the Exaltation of the Cross. But I, I can't remember the... Oh, it might be uh, Lenti is the other one. Lenti, that's right. <laughs> so, Penti so Ash Lenti. Wednesday. Um, All right. But those are, are times of... Uh, they're Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. And so they're the Wednesday and the, um, the uh, Saturday are partial abstinence days. So the tradition was you didn't eat meat for all but one meal of the day. Friday, of course, is full abstinence. That's right. Um, and then also fasting. Mm-hmm. And so we, so right away this week, we've got opportunities to kind of recommit, do some uh, some penance and uh, prepare our hearts for the Christ And if you are listening to this, uh, a, a benefit of listening the day the podcast comes out, although I did say you could wait till after uh, Advent to listen to these. <laughs> so if it's the Christmas season, <laughs> if it's the Christmas season, Amber Days, you have to wait for the Lent yeah. ones coming up. But uh, uh, on Wednesday of this week and also Saturday, those two Ember Days, we're going to have the 7 a.m. candlelit Rorate Chaley Masses. And I would. Say, what time do those? Be? 7 a.m. 7 a.m. You probably yeah. just said that. And I just, yep. Um, I, I would say if you've never had an opportunity to attend one of those masses, oh, go to them. It, uh, it's, 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 they're great. It starts in just darkness. Absolutely. And then as the mass goes on and you get closer to the Eucharist, the lights start to come through the window and you really get like nature is in tune with the liturgy, it seems. Yeah, there, there's a stillness and uh, it is uh, a gift. So first time we did it on a Wednesday, I said, we need to do this again. So we did it the Saturday after, yeah. and, and we're going to do that again this year. Yeah, so I encourage everybody to go to those if you can, if you can make it. Um, as we as we inch a little bit closer then to Christmas, Father, in these last, uh, what, 10 days or so, um, any any encouragement, any uh, anything that you want um, uh, the parish to hear about, um, 
you know, as we start to think about about the Christmas season, because the next yeah, time people will I, hear from us will be right, after right. Christmas. What I would encourage people to do is to think about people in their lives who they care about and who respect them and see if they have plans for the Christmas uh, liturgy and to invite them if possible. Uh, this Christmas at the 11 a.m., Bishop Boyer will be celebrant. Oh, okay. And uh, that's 100 years since oh, the first okay. Mass in the old church in the uh, what is now the preschool. Uh, so he'll be celebrating that. And then we'll have two Masses, uh, one at 5 and then another one at midnight. So the music will start at 1130. Uh, and then we'll have midnight Mass and then of the 11 a.m. Mass on, on Christmas morning. So will there be an earlier Christmas morning Mass? Like no. no. Okay, so you're either going Christmas Eve or you're going to the 11. Which, uh, even if we offered, which we've done in the past, mm-hmm. people haven't come. Okay. I mean, it's just a small little gathering. Well, we have, but... <laughs> All right, so there won't be, there won't be. <laughs> no, it's helpful because when you have a change like that, it's good that people yeah, uh, yeah. know the difference. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, um, I think, you know, Father... I mean, I could, I could have you sit down for another homily, but yeah. <laughs> it seems to me that if you're listening to this during Advent, we're just going to give you a brief uh, yeah. segment from us. So uh, with that, um, next time you hear from us, it'll be the Christmas season. So, wanted to... And if, if you're able to attend daily Mass during the, the, the last seven days, uh, the O Antiphons. Oh, yeah. Are there seven or eight? Uh, seven, right? The, I think there's eight. So it starts on the 17th. And it goes to the 24th. Yeah. Eight, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, eight. Oh, <laughs> We're really good at math. <laughs> exactly. Well, in any case, uh, the O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is uh, the that song, proper yeah. antiphons uh, for the, the eight days. The, the, um, it's like 17th the, the final 24th, novena yeah. before, before Christmas. That's beautiful. Well, we'll uh, uh, look forward to seeing you at Christmas. And, and if you're traveling, uh, hope and pray that you'll, you travel safely. And we'll see you after of the celebration of the octave. All right. Well, for another uh, episode. Brief episode. Brief episode. Uh, have a Merry Christmas, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Amen. God, God bless. bless. Many of us experience anger when we see the way the world is going and how it impacts us and other people. In the following reflection from Sean O'Neill, we explore what anger is really for and how to make sure that when we are angry, we refrain from sinning. Anger. We live in turbulent times. We have lived through the social restrictions of the pandemic. Even within our own church, we have been let down and disappointed by some of the behaviours of those who should know better. In our own lives, things may not have gone the way we planned. Some of us wonder if we will ever get a break from unremitting suffering. Society is becoming increasingly hostile to the Christian way of life. Even simply watching the news on TV can make us feel outraged at the way things are going and tempt us to despair. In the face of all this, it's easy for a sense of frustration to creep in, a growing sense of anger at life, the universe and everything. And then there are the daily niggles, slights and altercations 
that all of us experience from time to time. In fact, there are so many things that can cause us to get angry that it's amazing if we can get through a day without blowing a gasket. But what, as Christians, are we supposed to do with anger? St Francis de Sales has some very useful advice about how to deal with things that can make us angry. He takes as his model Jesus, who tells us in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 9, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And this gentleness and meekness is not supposed to be just an external appearance. It's supposed to be a true disposition of the heart. As St. Francis tells us, it is a favourite device of the enemy to make people content with a fair outside semblance of these graces, not examining their inner heart and some fancying themselves to be gentle and humble while they are far otherwise. And this is easily perceived because in spite of their ostentatious gentleness and humility, they are stirred up with pride and anger by the smallest wrong or contradiction. There are many occasions in which we can display anger towards other people, especially if we feel we are being slighted in some way or are the victims of injustice. Is it right then for us to be angry about those things? Is it right for us to stand on our dignity, to demand our rights and to make sure that we are respected? That, unfortunately, is not the Christian way. The Christian way is the way of humility, meekness, and gentleness. As Jesus says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. So does that mean that we should never correct wrongdoing or resist evil? Again, St. Francis de Sales says this, Of course, it is a duty to resist evil and to repress the faults of those for whom we are responsible, steadily and firmly, but gently and quietly. Correction given in anger, however tempered by reason, never has so much effect as that which is given altogether without anger. And it's true even from the point of view of effectiveness, a gentle reproof is much more likely to be received well than a tongue lashing. As the epistle of James reminds us, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. When Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem in the ninth chapter of Luke's Gospel, he and his disciples are travelling through Samaria. On the way, they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his reception there. But they would not welcome him because the destination of his journey was Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they journeyed on to another village. Jesus refuses to be angry at the Samaritans, refuses to seek retribution for their bad behaviour, and doesn't even take the time to correct them. 
In other words, he turns the other cheek. But the same gentleness is required when we are trying to control our anger too. If we are harsh with ourselves and start beating ourselves up for being angry, all that does is make us more angry. St Francis advises us how to control our anger. When you feel its first movements, collect yourself gently and seriously, not hastily or with impetuosity. If you are impetuous in restraining your temper, you will throw your heart into worse confusion than before and, amid the excitement, you will lose all self-control. There is also a case to be made for, where possible, avoiding things that make us angry. If you ever find yourself undoing your shoelaces as you're watching the nightly news in order to make it easier to throw your boots at the TV, there is a solution to this rather costly predicament. Stop watching the nightly news. Similarly, if we find our anger, frustration or despair stirred up by scrolling through social media posts, there's a ready-made solution to that difficulty too. Limit or completely cut out your exposure to social media. It's one thing to be angry with other people, be angry at the world or be angry at the television screen. But what about being angry at ourselves? When we look at ourselves, is there a sense of self-loathing that arises? When we discover areas of persistent sin in our lives, is it right to get angry at ourselves? Shouldn't we be filled with indignation and annoyance when we see how much we fall short of the perfection demanded of us by the life of the Spirit? St Francis would say that giving in to frustration and irritation at ourselves simply stokes our anger and doesn't really bring about any change in our behaviour. In fact, it may even make it more likely for us to fall in the same areas of sin that we were angry about in the first place. As St Francis says, we can chasten ourselves far better by a quiet, steadfast repentance than by eager, hasty ways of penitence, which, in fact, are proportioned not by the weight of our faults, but according to our feelings and inclinations. And isn't it the case that we flounce and rail against ourselves for sins that are more embarrassing than those that are more morally reprehensible? We can chastise ourselves severely, for example, for minor lapses in purity, while we make light of slandering other people, vanity or selfishness. So if we shouldn't be angry at ourselves when we sin, how should we treat ourselves? We should treat ourselves the way God treats us. When God looks at our sinfulness, he is not angry and he does not condemn us. Remember the incident of the Gospel of John chapter 8, where a woman is dragged before Jesus by the scribes and Pharisees because she has been caught in adultery. Jesus refuses to condemn her and, in fact, refuses to let anyone else condemn her. He simply tells her not to sin again. When God sees our sinfulness, it draws pity from him and compassion about our fallen state because he loves us. That's the attitude we should have when we look at our sin. We shouldn't be angry with ourselves. We should pity ourselves, love ourselves, and resolve calmly but steadfastly not to sin again. This humble attitude is what God wants for us. 
He doesn't want us to be vexed, angry and frustrated. Jesus himself is gentle and meek and wants us to emulate him, not just in our outward behaviour, but also in our inner disposition. Let's pray and ask the Lord for this gentle and meek attitude. Jesus, you are meek and humble in heart. Teach us to follow your example. Transform our pride into humility and holiness. Give us the grace to resist the temptation to anger and to instead be gentle with ourselves and others as we make our way onwards on the path to heaven. Amen. We finish this episode with a song by Philomena Castriciano, Say Goodnight.
hope you have enjoyed this episode of Resurrection Life Podcast. Please tune in next time for more conversation, reflections, and Catholic culture. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to drop us a line to give us feedback or suggest future topics to feature, write us at podcast at corelancing.org. You can find the Church of the Resurrection online at corelancing.org. Thanks for listening, and God bless.